You can hear the sangria being poured. And the slam of the bottle. Testing, okay. Boom, so welcome Corey Sims to the <laughs> podcast, Clink. We have a very special guest. Corey is a writer, an artist, a very like sophisticated entrepreneur with great taste and style and class and all of that. Corey, welcome. I love that intro. Yeah. Tell tell the world about yourself. <laughs> I'm a child. I love to play. I just want to play and I think I've always loved exploring or a recent conversation I was talking with my great grandmother and I'm so blessed to even have that relationship in this journey and she's 90 I mean just quick that lady that lady is not just wise, but she's so youthful at the same time. Mm-hmm. And she was reminiscing on me as a child. Mm-hmm. She was like, you always, you just had, you knew what you wanted to do and you never let anything stop you from doing that. Whatever it was. Yeah. And when she was saying that about me, I just couldn't help thinking like, why am I not, why am I not honoring that to the fullest? Mm. I think all of us are born that way. We're all born that way, I think. And granted, yeah, there are some like grandpa babies <laughs> who like are born with that old look man look like i've been here before i'm not happy about being like back. i'm so mad i i thought <laughs> the last time was gonna be the last time and i'm just mad there are the grandpa babies though <laughs> where do you think that childlike drive goes because i don't think it goes anywhere no i think it gets stifled i think it gets I think it runs away from your your compliance to other people's will. I think it I think it becomes broken down. Mm-hmm. And you might chip a little bit but not everything. So whatever remains goes deeper and deeper inside of you and that's why there's so many, I'll just say Americans. I'm I am I know and I'm confident that this epidemic is around the world of uh recovering, rehabilitating um spirit. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of you know, whether it's um it's not so much parenting, it's just stress itself. The, end, the essence and the presence of stress um, breaks people down. Yeah. And it wears you out and you forget. 
that part of yourself. You forget your true nature. Right. Which is playful and wants to play. And yeah. I love that you describe yourself as a child because to me, it just sounds like you're just super in touch with that playful side and you're ready to explore and, you know, and as you're like mobile now and you're going to all these places, um, what are you hoping next to explore in this next like level of your life? (laughs) You know, (laughs) I would say three places. One is coming like a physical, two are physical places and one is like a idea and an abstract. So I'm planning a trip to go to Japan and that should be about 20 or so days. And right now the restrictions um, require you to go on a tour. Like you cannot enter as a, as a foreign uh, traveler as a tourist, you must be um, hosted by a tour company. Now, you could wait, right, and say, I'm not going to spend all that money to do that. But what I sat back, and this was maybe a few weeks ago, I'm like, I'm fortunate that I've gotten to see Amsterdam, um, Rome, Venice, uh, now Tokyo. Mm. Uh, I will see in the in the present time of not of current COVID and then post COVID because what I saw is that it has it it hasn't only taken away people's businesses and people's um, economic freedom to travel to these places but it has absolutely chipped away at the liveliness of these places Mm. what people even travel there to see and do in the first place um it has disrupted people's spirit and i think it's worth witnessing i think i think it's a priceless thing to go and see because you have no proof otherwise what are you going to continually depend on New York Times or Wall Street Journal or, right. or NPR and, and mm-hmm. figure out what's happening. You got to get the fuck up and go, you know, just go. Yeah. So I'm excited to see that. I'd love to. I love being in places I've never been <laughs> during the new year. Mm-hmm. So that's coming. And then the other place that I infatuate and dream about is Africa. Wow. The woman here was just saying that she was in, in South, South Africa, Africa for yeah. so long. Nine years. Um, wow. Yeah, I, I am interested to go there on a short term stay. Short term meaning three to three to six, maybe even eight months would be a short term stay. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to do business there. I want to. I want to participate in their entertainment industry right and i'd like to bring hollywood level stories to them and tell their stories in a way that could make it universal and accepted at a universal level that's that's because it's arguable 
or maybe undeniable that they don't Nollywood doesn't necessarily have right now or ever a story that is considered universal. Like, for example, Brazil has City of God uh, as an example. Um, Mexico has, um, is it chocolate for water or water for chocolate? It's a, it's like a erotic drama. I don't think I've heard of that one. It's a really good film. Yeah. Really, really, really good film. Um, so no, you're not going to see every possible movie out of a country, but there's certain stories that reach the oh, acceptance and the visibility. Right. Um, I want to, I want to do that one day. And then the last place I would say I continue to uncover and reveal is the, the depths of, of my, of my heart, because I think our hearts get clouded with a lot of pain and a lot of stories that we make up about anecdotal experiences, the things that happen to us mm -hmm. over time and in different things and we and we hold them as true mm -hmm. and we continue to use them as references. You know, if you're if you're blessed enough, you're you're open minded enough and you're clear enough to let things kind of play out and you were I don't know, blessed to have that perspective I think that's wonderful but even those people still adopt certain things that they have to battle so no one win no one's winning yeah you know no one's better than the other it's just I continue to realize um how much how much there still is yet to let go yeah you know you're you're a writer, so you're familiar with like the characters that writers often play into with certain things. And going back to like what you're saying about, you know, the stories that we hold on to and adopt as truths. What there's this new thing on online, the villain era, you know, where you were like, OK, with being the villain in someone else's story. Like, how does, how do you feel that's going to play out? Like, what do you think about that? You know, I think it's, if you, if you, if you are taking that as like a shameless big up to yourself, I think that's revealing of your position but it's interesting because I've gotten to a, I, I, I want to say I'm exiting this dualistic idea of myself, meaning, you know, you can't be good if there is bad. That's not true. And, and then you have to come back to good and bad don't exist. Hmm. Good and bad do not exist. They don't. 
we also use terms like light and dark. They just help us comprehend. Mm -hmm. So like today I journaled and I was like, you know, I'm cool. I'm intelligent. I'm smart. I'm beautiful as much as I'm lame. Mm. Like I can be very, I can be lame. And like Shuby comes to mind. I mean, Shuby is, it was a. <laughs> is it a cartoon? <laughs> it was from. So um, <laughs> um, Rocket Power. Rocket it was from Power. Rocket Power. But being a Shuby. It's, to me, it's like an expression of. <laughs> you're not prepared. And you're not trying to learn. It's so strange you saying shooby because my mom would be like, you need to stop shooby dooby doo, baby. <laughs> like, she'll literally say that. <laughs> That's my reference. And it's, it's, it's great hearing the definition because I'm like, that, it makes sense now. Because it's physically like the visual of it is someone wearing socks. Mm-hmm with sandals or socks with tennis shoes <laughs> yeah. to the beach <laughs> and they're walking on the beach like you're a shoe bee mm. <laughs> what would she say <laughs> like okay yeah cause I'm like that's a, my equivalent to that is wearing pajama pants at like 1pm on like a Tuesday afternoon shoe bee like, that's shoe bee energy yeah I mean, be what you are right. and it can flex is whatever this villain, you know, you want to take on and you're being accountable or maybe you're owning that you made decisions right in a in a storyline that was harmful to another person or dominating to another person. Mm. I mean... To that point, there was this Reddit story I read, and this woman, conf not confessed, it was more like a ex like pillow talk between her and her fiance, mm -hmm. and she was like, "I was a bully," and he was like, "Ha ha ha, whatever," and she was like, "You know, basically, I sexually assaulted younger boys." What? Right. <laughs> That's bully. That's bullying. Among other things. Wow. Okay. But she was a bully. Wow. And at that time, maybe she was cool with being the villain. Mm -hmm. But now that she has a gaze of somebody who she wants to respect her, regardless if he does or not, she wants him to respect her. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't want to be seen as the villain anymore. So it's all ebb and flow. You know, if yeah. you want to be in that role of being a villain, live it up, baby, because it's going to be short term. You you do not want that energy for life. Nah. And it's going to it's a pretty sad. It's a pretty sad existence when you've been a villain for years to multiple people right 
Because what people can't run from, even villains die. And you don't want to be alone on your deathbed. Ooh. That's a reality that I don't think... It's not that we need to sit around and constantly talk about it, but it is a reality because it can influence the decisions that you make now. You don't want to be alone. It's very... This whole villain stuff is very glamorized when ultimately I feel like people innately want to do... want to better themselves. And... It's like sometimes we can't even control when we're the villain because we could just be simply exiting out of someone's life for ourselves and feeling that's better for ourselves. But to them, it's like, oh, they left me. So they're the villain in my story. You know, it's kind of, sometimes it's indirect. Well, that's victim energy. Oh. If you think someone is a villain because they make a choice mm, that true. disappoints you and yeah. you think they're bad because they do that that is victim that's mindset. victim energy okay true and that's I'll put it a different way it means I'm not willing to own my own power and allow someone else to have their power too. Hmm. Yeah, that's real. And there's a lot of victims out here. Especially on TikTok, I have to say. That's the one reason why I'm not on there. That you've been seeing people... Um, yeah, I've been seeing other people on TikTok share their story. And it's not even the sharing their story. It's just this constant need for like a validation of what happened to them you know? and sometimes we need that but I'm like if you need that then go to a therapist or journal or journal or, or pray shit right. pray journaling and praying is definitely two free things you can do instead of like because how's the processing part of you healing from whatever it is gonna happen if you're still like projecting it online you know, and there's this whole projection thing online right now. Yeah. I think people, and this is a, this was something I was talking about this morning with my dad, that power isn't, power has been commercially associated with money. Like it's a monetary measurement, mm -hmm. but it's not. Power means I must I must accept everything that I experience and I am owning the opportunity and the let's say I'm owning the power to decide what to do about what happens to me. Do you get what I'm saying? 
where you have to actively show up against and with everything that happens to you where you you do your very best to to find a solution whether that solution is asking a question going to some place you know getting an answer or changing yourself hmm. that's power right where you're open and you're willing to change the, the strategy and the the momentum right but I think most people deny and give up their power because you'd rather spend your time blaming someone mm. as the reason why you can't do something or you're not able to do something. Right. If you even even if it was true that this person harmed you, you can use that energy in your time focusing more on healing and how you can give yourself what you need right rather than focus focusing on what they took from you right because there's more power and energy and what you can control in in that regard and you, you are always in people relinquish that yeah they relinquish that when it's convenient that part i'm not in control you were doing this to me you make me feel you made me do Right. Really? So you're only in control when I'm not around and then when I am around, right. you're not in control of yourself? People are mirrors and they show you who you really are. Mm. And I think the ones that get to those difficult, awkward places of yourself are the, or should be the most cherished because they really do show you what you need, even if it means getting away from them. Yeah. But then you have to investigate why. Why do I need to get away from that person? Is it really that? Is it really Kenny or Ted, whoever it is? Right. Is it them or is it the behavior? Right. So that villain shit. It's just an ex it's just an excuse to not take own own right. own your life, own right. your choices. Take you chose him. You chose him. Right. Like own up to that. Leave if you got to, but like Yeah, I like what you said like everyone is your mirror cuz where is that not true? You know, like even the people you could be giving someone a dollar on the street and like that's a, a reflection, you know, it's so simple like that sometimes. I love that. It is. Meaning, damn, I need a little bit of help. I need help. Mm. I'm gonna help you. 
because I need some help. Right. And I recognize that you need help so I can hopefully, not even hopefully, but I know God will help me in some other way, some other direction, you know? Yeah. Okay. So, slight pivot. Um, let's see. When did you know that innate ability to like write and use stories and connect with your art in this way and like um yeah like yeah does that make sense it does i have one solid memory other than that my relationship with writing is not typical um so the memory is high school i was in like junior year and there was a you know she was like a typical english teacher like short white lady stern straight lip Mm -hmm. little bit of red lipstick on the bottom lip because she don't have no top lip Mm -hmm. and i mean super smart Mm -hmm. and she gave us this writing assignment. I can't remember the exact thing, but it had to do with maybe your favorite activity and explain why, or maybe the your favorite relationship and explain why. And she said, be creative. And I said, okay, so I was creative. And I didn't write a formal APA, MLA, mm-hmm paragraphs with indents like I drew the words in the form of a boombox and music on the page nice. and I felt at first when I saw other people's I felt very like shit I, I didn't understand that this is the assignment because <laughs> everybody else wrote some but she took my paper and she starts saying you have no one in this classroom has no creativity look at what she did this Mm. is what i'm talking about this Mm. is what you and i was like okay i hate that but i love that teachers do that right you know because in the moment you're (laughs) like singled you out as a kid you're like blowing my spot up lady like (laughs) cool it yeah i get it (laughs) so that was the first time i felt seen Mm -hmm. and that was the first time i felt encouraged that I can trust myself in that my creativity isn't sloppy. It's not a waste. It's not, you know, mm. unwanted. It's it's admired and it is appreciated. Mm. Um, but, you know, excuse me, I have not, I did take writing seriously until I was an adult I was kind of um I felt discouraged from writing because I was violated at least my privacy was misinterpreted and there when you receive extreme judgment from from people who you love and who are supposed to love you like those those interactions can really 
it's fuck the hurt your feelings because that sounds so surface level it's it's way deeper than that where you're so terrified to be caught in the same act so if somebody is taking your writing and condemning you and completely um I want to just say shitting on it, you know, and not from a critique like, oh, your writing's poor. It's more like don't ever write these things, you know, mm. don't ever write these things. Mm. And then as a child with a child mind, you take that as I can never do this ever again in my life. Mm. So I didn't write for years, years. And then I found The Artist Way. Oh, yes. Shout out to that. Book. Shout out to Julia Cameron. Yeah. And shout out to any artist that has found themselves or has reinvented and reintroduced mm. their spirit to themselves. Yeah. To the present, you know. Right. Thank you for doing that work. And that was a healing process in a catch-up process um so now uh i've taken a couple writing classes that were a few writing classes that were so um supportive and not not like i say in a dick sucking way you know and it was a safe place to trial right and I was able to really like trial my horror skills. Like okay. horror is very near and dear to my heart. I think that the artistry of horror has changed a little bit. Mm -hmm. Meaning in the past, it was more about monsters and um, shadows and um, the unexplainable, mm -hmm. the scary, but now it's, it's about the human mind. It's very psychological. It's very psychological. Everything is psychological okay. now. And it's yeah. like, well, damn, why can't we just highlight? I don't know. I'm very interested in the unpredictable. How about that? Like the unpredictability of people. Mm. I've always imagined myself <laughs> climbing on the top of the meeting room table and just kicking the phone and like screaming. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you'd like, I mean, it'd be like, right? <laughs> like, what? You can't turn your eyes away. You're like, yeah. Corey, like, what? the fuck like okay it's monday <laughs> i'm just kidding but you know what I mean. yeah i mean the un unpredictability mm -hmm. the randomness of that i mean there is no oh well why'd you do that why what do you mean why it's just i really want to do some shit that makes you afraid or that makes you that shocked you. yeah i want to shock you i want to surprise you right 
And I'm like weird like that, where I think of shit like that, where I literally just want to do something random shit outside of the norm. Yeah. And like you don't see it coming. Right. And maybe it, it doesn't make sense to you or, you know, oh, well, that's not creative. None of that is not creative. It's like, oh, well, that's not uh Well, that's not storytelling. Let me tell you, life itself is the story that we draw from. And life is the most unbelievable story anyone could witness. Because you have no reference to the prior choices, the prior behavior of the stranger that is now with you in the diner. And you have no idea what they're going to do after either. So if they just come and sit down and drink their coffee and they don't eat anything and they just leave, you have questions. Especially if they didn't have a book, they didn't have a friend, they didn't even have a paper or a pen. They just sat down with this... bewildered look on their face and they drank their coffee and they left and you're just like what the fuck were they thinking about right they didn't want to where sandwich. are they going right i mean it's 11 and it's it's one o'clock right they didn't want any lunch it's lunchtime what are nope. they going through right. what are they going through right so it's just like the cue and the the interception mm -hmm. of a single detail of someone. Mm -hmm. But, you know, stories follow a person and then you have to use your creative mind to give them as much as possible so you can catch them up mm -hmm. and get some kind of connection with the character. Right. Ah, fuck that. You figure it out. That's how I feel. You figure it out. You decide. You either hate them or you love them. Wow. Yeah, because, like, even with Hollywood nowadays, it's like you... The way they make stories now, you have to love a character. Ugh, and you that know? makes me puke. Yeah. Because it's like... I don't know. I was watching Stranger Things and there's like not one like there's flaws in each character. Cause but you love all of them. Right. And I'm just like, if I could just hate one of y'all motherfuckers. I'm just kidding. But you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I yeah. think that it's funny you say that. The best movies I've ever watched were the villains that you just, you just like, I I love that this isn't even you as an actor, but I hate your face because you're making me believe that this is who you are. This is you. Mm -hmm. Those are the best actors. Yes. I was watching um, Constantine with Keanu Reeves last night. And what is he like a demon? He's the demon slayer hunter okay. thing. 
the shots in that was so like beautiful the effects were great it was done in 2005 mm-hmm. but what i loved the most was that the the sexual tension between the two characters they never kissed and that was my favorite part because i didn't want them to like the girl just lost her sister her twin sister and he has his own emotional turmoil with his past and like the fact that he can see demons is fucking him up anyway you know and they both can see and have that intuitive gift but the fact that they were got so close but never kissed or never like completed that i guess audience satisfaction of like we know they're attracted to each other but like they never gave us that and i just love that because we don't need that it doesn't it didn't fit the story and i just thought that was the best part of that movie the best part damn that's wild because there was Halle Berry's first movie that she directed Mm -hmm. where she was a boxer or MMA fighter yeah did you see that I didn't see that I can't remember the name of it but that was my exact reaction but in the way that they failed to do what you're talking about oh so this woman who is in a pretty toxic relationship Mm -hmm. who is her lover but also her manager who is not managing her well right. as a fighter right and she's a mother and has to take in her son that mm-hmm. she's never raised before all this like wild chaotic energy and ends up having sex with her coach the coach who takes on her getting back in the ring after a pretty bad defeat right who gains her trust who gives her inspiration mm-hmm. and i'm like this to me does not feel real because as a coach you would know that your place is to make sure this person is whole yeah it just i was so disappointed at that right very disappointed because I was expecting what you were talking about even if there was attraction it's just not crossing that line and that makes it even more true the love right because there's a respect there especially as a coach like mentor relationship you know because as a coach you would want the best for that person You'd want them to be the best fighter or whatever, not compromising that by getting so emotionally involved like that. Or know? infatuated. Infatuated. And, and it, compared to all the like boxing, fighting, you know, underdog movies, mm-hmm. the fucking coaches didn't fuck the damn fighters. Right. <laughs> That's awkward. Cause it's sexualizing these black women. Oh, so they don't know control. They don't know how to keep their eye on the fucking prize. Mm. They're easy to submit. Mm. At least that's what I'm taking away from it. Wow, you don't know how to. And I understand that culturally sex is not this sinful thing. It's not this terrible thing because it's not. Mm But when you're telling a story where something is happening that's bigger than flesh, 
I felt like she missed that mark mm-hmm. and could have placed women, let alone black women, that she was representing in a different light. Right. It was wild. Like, that was kind of disappointing to me because the acting was great. The story was great. That was the one thing I was like, what the fuck? Right. Why? Yeah. Because typically, I'm thinking of the hero's journey. When you have the character who plays the... What is it? Basically the coach, the mentor, the the wise, right? The the hero doesn't fuck the wise. Like you go to the wise for clarity, for answers, so you can go on about your journey. Because you've been constantly fucking with Whatever. the people who've been taking you on detours. Right. And the wise is there to like get you back on track. Like, look, you need to cut all that shit out. We, we got a path to focus on. Like, that's the typical role of that character. So, yeah, I understand that frustration because if there was supposed to be a, a sex scene, there would have been with somebody else. Oh, there was. Right. And there was. Thank you. Yeah, that was it was interesting. If you yeah. get time to watch that, you should. Yeah, for sure. I saw her promoting it and shout out to Holly Berry for directing, yes! you know, directing that. But I'm just like, I like when we get a bit of sexual attention, but it's never like fulfilled because sometimes that's just life too. That's why you're saying that. Cause so I have a story in mm-hmm. mind that I was explaining to my great grandmother and I was like, uh, so she, my great grandmother is from Baltimore and she, um, was raised Catholic. She went to Catholic school all her life and, um, nuns have raised her mm. in that aspect. And I have a storyline, um, because my intention, my, my gift, my contribution rather better term my contribution is to provide representation in genres and typical stories that have zero trace of black people and if it does it's like one or two stories compared to the 50 that exists Mm -hmm. so one of the genres is erotic erotica not to be confused with porn because it's or romance because it's a different level of romance um erotic film is typically a zero sub game where both parties walk away losing Mm -hmm. or one party walks away losing the most it isn't happy Mm. it isn't wonderful most a good a well done erotic film both characters walk it's a tragedy right it's a tragedy so this tension of a devoted nun 
and a musician, but not just any musician. I read about this man who knew how to play 400 instruments. Wow. 400. Wow. I didn't know there was 400. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And immediately for me, I'm like, well, what kind of sexual life and what kind of sexual appetite does one possess at that level of ability? Right. How does your mind get aroused? How do you become aroused? Is it possible that he could be asexual? Maybe. Levels. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, who knows? Mm-hmm. Are you married? I mean, what kind of marriage do you have? Right. So, I mean, my mind went, wow. So I'm like, wow, what if you had two characters who had completely different intentions and and desires in this world but no matter what the goal and the desire or discipline is Mm -hmm. uh it's extremely restrictive because even if you take on a psychological approach freudian in the western world his philosophy was that everything was sexual energy everything and if you constantly give it away through your body, there's nothing left mm. for creation itself. So many philosophers, teachers, entrepreneurs, I mean, some people, I would say modern, modern people say, masturbate, get it out, get it over with. Right. But other people say, be abstinent. Do a dry spell. But what if, what is, what is attraction? And mm-hmm. when do you get to a point where it becomes undeniable? Wow. And then when you get to that level of undeniable, is your devotion so strong that you never break it and then you sacrifice you sacrifice your heart in order to honor your oath the oath of artistry or the oath of religion wow it's a tragedy right Because it makes it makes me wonder, like, what do they get out of that sacrifice if they were to take it, you know, because if it was real love for the for the religion or for the art, you would go back to that. So at the end of the day, it's like, well, why even indulge in I think it's to reveal that you're still human. You're not God. Right. Or you're an expression of God as a human. You can't help being human. Mm. You have... That's real. Childlike wishes. And that curiosity. To be played with, to be seen. Right. The curiosity. Right. You can't deny that. Fleabag 
um, showed that in season two, where she got involved with a priest mm. sexually. He wanted her too. That makes me think of American Beauty too. Mm-hmm. So many others, but like, yeah, it's like you can't deny that human part of yourself where you're like, well, shit, you know? Like, I want to be touched. Right. I want to be held and share intimacy and all of those things. Like, that's human. That's human. It's human. Yeah. It's human. Right. And even when you take an oath, even when you devote your life to mass to a mastery level of of career such as a musician of that caliber right i mean she's nothing you would think nothing would take you away from that but temptation is real mm. and that what does that little highlight look like when temptation is ever present i i don't think anyone wins mm. it's not about winning i think people walk away with a duty where it's not about you. Right. Is that pleasant? Does that feel good? Duties don't feel good. Duties are not a walk in the park. Duties take a lot from you. And I I see it as a a honorary highlight because there's so many people who have devoted themselves to a country, to a people, mm -hmm. to a population at the sacrifice of their natural desires. And I, I would like to say it doesn't go unnoticed, you know, and thank you for choosing that road where you were able to be constantly available versus taking the route of pleasure and love and wilderness, whatever. Right. That lustful, yeah. almost. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. it's all about choice you know you're trying to be at level 23 or level 50 <laughs> where you trying to be <laughs> where you want to be at oh, yeah we're, what level you trying to be on cause there's a certain self mastery but even at every level of you trying to get better at being yourself ultimately you're gonna meet temptations at every every route and they'll be different. different they could be different 
there'll be a different mirror, a different size, different shape, different frequency, all of that. You know? Yep. Like the soft crickets of your hand. Yeah, it's like the undertone of the track. Like, <laughs> I love it. Hmm. What is your, like, symbol, archetype, or, uh, like, what would you say kind of embodies this next phase or level of your life right now? <laughs> <laughs> um... I don't know. Like I, that would be totally a follow up question. I was gonna, t I was gonna share with you my dream last night. I think did I tell you about the frogs? You told me about the frogs. Yeah. So then last night I had a dream, and then, and then I was reminded of a fourth animal. I mean, I, there were monkeys, there were serpents, and I mean mm. hundreds of serpents. Wow. Alligators, owls. Ooh. Yeah, it was weird. It was all over the place. Wow. Where were you? I think the owl was different, but the three serpents, like the snakes and the monkeys and the alligators, like it was in a house setting. And there was like a pond or like a river. And the alligators were coming out tail first. Like, oh, like ass. That's weird. Towards a friend's dog that was in my dream. Yeah. And I was like trying to get him away from thing. And I knew it was coming after us. So like I say that I can't really say because I've I'm in a transitional moment right now. And I mean, if you would have asked me months ago, it would have been a, a a hippo killer. Would have been my archetype what is a hippo or killer? a hippo a hippo that's a a monster of hippos i don't know like someone who's able to strike fear in one of the most dangerous animals on the planet i mean nothing kills a hippo Oh. It defies physics because of its size. It's extremely fast on land. And it can breathe underwater, right? Literally. Holy cow. It's a it's a crazy animal, if you think about it. Right. But in my dream, it came for me and I had, and it was like 14 hippos in the house. Yeah, it was just filing in one after one after one, like quiet. It wasn't like chaotic. Mm -hmm. It was quiet. But one found me 
and I was so scared. Like I was scared. I'm like, what the? F- how am I gonna get this hippo away from me? Wow. And I thought it was something. I did it, and it just it ran off so quickly. And they're not an animal that backs down. They are not natural in the animal kingdom. They kill crocodiles. That's that drive you were talking about earlier. They don't back down. They don't. They don't back down. Right. But they did in my dream. Okay. So that was month. That was months ago. Right. But now, it's like, what's going on? Hmm. So I. I don't know. I overall. I go back to a turtle and in the idea that a turtle will draw in itself to rest, to avoid danger, mm-hmm. but it will move when it needs to move and it will get to where it's going at its own pace. Yeah. And I feel like that archetype relates to me. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Hippos feel very grounded to me. Like they're very much set. And then turtles feel like, well, you know, I'm gonna go where the grass is greener and I can get some shade and I can find a deep little cubby to like rest into and like recuperate and then I'll pop my head out and get some sunlight and then go back into my space of bubble or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, one day I might tread three miles, one day I'm gonna tread six inches. That's real. But that can feel chaotic, honestly, sometimes. I don't I don't feel that I'm a person that draws from balance or roots. Like I, I have blind trust in like everything. I'm so driven by my mood. And I don't know if that's like habit because habit means conditioning. Mm. Habit means you just repeat what's familiar. So I don't know if it's habit or if it's my nature. I'm kind of conflicted with what it means. Have you tried changing? Because not changing, but have you tried shifting these habits if they were like perceived habits or, you know, or is it just like, well, I'm going to just work with what I know or like who I am to be and just go with that type of energy? Because I feel like when someone is rooted versus leading with their mo- with their own state 
and letting the state determine what you're going to do. I see rooted as no matter what's happening, we know that we got to do these certain things. And I, to your point, I feel like it's becoming a blend where I've reached an awareness like, okay, no matter what, these things need to happen. Mm. These certain actions need to happen in the day or else you know that it's going to be a very chaotic day. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. You know? Yeah, like I need to have a morning routine or I'm ungrounded. Right. Yeah. Right. So... Maybe I'm still learning. Yeah. Maybe I'm still venturing and figuring out how to poke those roots out, finally. Mm -hmm. I would say my archetype right now is grasshopper. Ooh. It's been showing up in my physical life a lot and I just feel like I'm just hopping from one set to the next and um, just carrying a positive mindset as I go about it as much as I can and just I'm really in this reflective space where I'm like thinking about who I want to be ultimately and just knowing that like that person is already here. It's not something I have to like pull outside of myself. It's just, I have to tap into it, you know? So I'm like, What comes to mind is those animals thrive where they're not provoked. So if you never notice like being present in front of a grasshopper, they will hop away. They will get away and get in constant motion but when the temperature is just right Mm. and they are not provoked Mm. they're not stalked they make beautiful music wow and they're chilling they're chilling yeah Being in their in their optimum environment. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. It's just being creating that home frequency of optimum environment. You know, like the external is beautiful, but I really want to feel home with myself. You know, and make music with what I have around me and stuff like that that's all i have really you know working with what i have and i just wrote a short story about that well it's like kind of well everything in my art is about me but not really like even if it's at like a second like a second person no what is it a second a second you know the tenses Mm -hmm. like a second tense even interesting if it, even if it's like on the outskirts 
it's not using I as that, but it's using it. you or oh, it. Yeah. Or, ah, gotcha, 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 yeah. You know, so I'm like, I, I like writing in that sense because it feels far away enough, but close enough, you know? So, uh, yeah, I'm like, I just wrote a short story about, like, using what I have. It's like using the ingredients you have to make a meal and, uh, you know, that meal made end up being delicious or may just end up being completely terrible and that's all right yeah you know you're still gonna get fed right that's all that matters all that matters so Corey sims (laughs) right (laughs) my final question to you is what do you want to let your future self know Mm. you know you know it's I think it just echoes what you were just talking about You already had the answers. You were born with the answers. Mm. <laughs> you arrived with them. That blueprint. There's nothing, there's literally nothing outside. You know, yeah. you, with the trust, the, the faith and intuition and the trust is what you can't break. It's not negotiable um, to access the answers because they're not accessible once you break the line of intuition and trust and faith. When all of those are broken or when they're not functioning, Mm -hmm. you don't have the answers. And then you're then you're running on anxiety and nervousness and mm. you're running on dependency right. of other people to show you and tell you. So just keeping that not keeping that, but You know, you're smart enough. You're smart enough and then if and then if something is difficult to grasp ask for help. Right. Ask for help and don't stop asking until you get it. Right. Mm, that's deep yeah because some people and by some people I mean myself they're so like I can be so prideful that I don't want to ask for help I'm like I should have it figured out by now and it's like it's very like let me put my shield down or my sword down and just ask because the worst someone can say is no or not right now or you know, whatever it may be, so. 
all problems can't be solved with a sword. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. All problems are not solved with weapons or arguments, debates, like... You gotta adopt a different spread of tools. That's real. And just keep... Pick one fucking thing and do it to the fullest. I think that's been... the thing too like pick one thing and just do it pick one thing and do it well and don't worry about what other people doing that part too right yeah (laughs) (laughs) right just do what you're doing because people are gonna continue on anyway they're just gonna continue on anyway Literally, stay in your lane. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Corey, for joining me today on the catnip <laughs> experience. Level um, twenty-three. Level twenty-three. We're here. <laughs> we arrived today. <laughs> no initiation. <laughs> this cheers it up. Clink. 